live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hey there, how's it going? My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we want to welcome you to yet another episode of The Big Show. And you know what, Emily? Today we have a topic that's sure to be exciting, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, because we're going to talk about what dating is like for attractive women. Now, here's the caveat. Not only is this conversation going to go on to the mountaintop feed for my guys, it's also going to be published to the X and Y on the Fly feed, which of course is our original podcast that's been in continuous production since 06, one of the OGs of podcasts, especially dating podcasts. So the ladies are going to be in on this too. So uh, we're going to be able to stir up some controversy here and not be able to hide from much, right? We sure can't because we're going to hear it from both sides. Well, yeah, you're right. And you know what? Here it is. I'm going to say it because I know you're too humble to, or you have too much humility to. How's that? (laughs) Something like that. You have been an attractive woman who was dating, very much so. Once upon a time, yes. (laughs) Right? It's been many years for both of us. So you're going to have an informed opinion on this. Right. Been there, done that, yes. Right. So I know you're going to treat this particular topic with 100% transparency. I will do that. I'll do my best. You'll do your best. Okay. I think that's only fair. Well, let me kick off this conversation. From the guy's perspective, it seems to us that attractive women have all the power in the dating world. A lot of guys really feel that way. And indeed, you've seen the examples. They're manifold of women who are sexually attractive to a wide variety of men. And it just seems like they're treated like royalty, like they're famous, like they're rock stars. There's this There's this massive halo effect that's thrust upon beautiful women. That's probably not all that's thrust upon them, but you get my drift. (laughs) Well, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up here. Let's level the playing field here. Okay, go for it. Well, first of all, what do you mean we have all the power? It's you guys who have all the power because y'all get to choose and pick while we have to sit and wait to be chosen. But attractive women don't have to sit and wait to be chosen. Every guy's going after them, right? No, no, no. I still think we feel that you guys have all the power because you all get to do the choosing and we have to wait to be picked. Do you have to wait to be picked? No. This is the year 2023. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> no, in all fairness, it it's all a matter of perception. Women still feel that men have the power and men feel that women have the power. In reality, neither one of them really has the power. It's just a matter of perception. Well, what are we perceiving here as power? Well, because sometimes we feel like if our dating life isn't going as planned, then apparently something must be flawed in the system, rather than maybe the way we pick things or maybe the way we choose. But obviously, it has to be someone else's fault or something else's fault. In other words, we're never going to look in the mirror and say we're not attractive enough. Right. We've got to blame somebody. Or I did something wrong or whatever the problem might be. Well, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here because the guys who listen to me on a regular basis already know that I don't buy the gender specificity of women having all the power in the dating world and men not having any power. Because I've talked to too many women who are saying exactly what you're saying. You know, women have to wait around 
to be asked out or else they're branded sluts or basically they're defying the laws of the sexual attraction dance. Right. And risking the chance that he might end up becoming uninterested. Because because she was too forward. Right. Right. Because, you know, the man is the one who makes the first move and the women are the ones who are generally turned on by that boldness. Right. Not vice versa. But that doesn't stop the men from wondering aloud why women won't approach them first. And we've talked about that before, you know, ad nauseum. But really, honestly, the person who has a wide variety of choice in the dating world is he or she who has the choices. And, you know, you have pretty boys who are, you know, very good with women and very charming and perhaps have a good job and, uh, you know, maybe have all the things that are classically associated with being able to get women figured out and above and beyond that, all the things that really get women, being confident, making women feel safe and comfortable in their presence, uh, having masculinity as women define it figured out, and being men of good character. And those are the kind of men who women want, right? So those guys have lots of choices. But it seems to me that when we're trying to figure out how to be better in the dating world, a lot of times, eh, you know what, we're the people who don't have the choices yet. And you and I have both been there in the past and figured it out. But alas, that brings us back full circle to women who have all the power because they're so desirable to men. And a lot of times that's because, well, frankly, they're very attractive, right? Well, that brings us back to the original subject of our podcast, which is what it's like to date when you're a beautiful woman. Well, first of all, I remember what that was like, and it was very overwhelming. Overwhelming? Yes. Well, first of all, sometimes guys didn't know what to write, and they would go, oh, you're so beautiful. We'll be perfect for each other. And my first thought is, well, there's more to me than looks. Ah, so now there's something that, if you'll pardon the pun, you're hitting upon as as you're hitting on you, right? (laughs) Women are used to being objectified for their physical looks. So when that happens, they're going to get a lot of attention from men, but those men are looking at them as basically a sexual conquest. And that's what it feels like. And so that becomes a turnoff. And those guys never got a date with me. Well, I think you're not alone. I think a lot of women are really looking for a guy who's going to look past the physical beauty and try to see who she is inside, uh, see what she's like, see if they're connectable, see if they get along, if there are true compatibilities there. And that's the kind of man that a beautiful woman will really get along with and choose in return. Emily, I would say that actually a lot of times – The more physically attractive a woman is, the more intimidating she is to a wide variety of the same men who are also the wide variety of men who are interested in her because of her physical attractiveness. And so she might even have a harder time finding a man because guys are so overwhelmed by her and just basically hit on her for her physical beauty without even making any attempt to dig a little deeper. And you mentioned online dating where guys are like, oh, you're so beautiful. I want to go out with you simply because you're hot. Right. And And you're used to that. Well, yeah, but it's not exactly, well, it's not fun. Right, exactly, because it's not flattery to you anymore. You've had it happen since you were, you know, a young kid, basically. Well, you have to look at it from a woman's perspective. We want safety and security, and we don't want a guy who wants us for one purpose only, and that's to, 
you know, have sex with us and leave us crushed and feeling used. So when a guy hit on us and the only thing he's, well, at least from the surface level, looking as if he's only interested in us physically, well, then we will assume the wrong things. You get a lot of men hitting on you and they're saying that you're beautiful and they're seeing you as a sexual object. Even though he may be, you know, his thoughts are completely innocent. But again, we're talking about image, you know, your first foot forward. So from a woman's perspective, we're looking for safety and security. And it doesn't make us feel safe. It doesn't make us feel secure. If anything, it makes us feel as if somebody's wanting to use us. And so the more physically attractive a woman is, the more difficult a time she has finding a guy who looks past that. Exactly. And so when a guy actually approaches us and has either read our profile or at least taken the time to observe us for a moment before hitting on us in person and make a comment either on, let's say, something as insignificant as, you know, a pair of shoes that look brand new. Hey, those look really pretty. They, you know, did you just get those? Or if it's on a profile, something that she may have written that sounds interesting, make a comment about that. At least now you're looking at something deeper than just her looks. Yeah, but it has to be genuine. It can't be like a rote line like, okay, oh gosh, I have to not compliment on her looks or else, you know, I'll be like just the other guys. So what rote line am I going to use? What canned line am I going to use? Uh, I really like your energy. And the women are still rolling their eyes because they've heard that one a thousand times because there's still no genuine connection tied to it. There's no attempt at a genuine connection tied to it. Correct. And, you know, and sometimes I didn't mind having a guy compliment me. For example, there's a time and place for everything. So if she is dressed up, I mean, completely dressed up in a beautiful evening gown and she's going out someplace on a date later that day or she's dressed up for a party, whatever it is, but she looks extra, extra beautiful because she went out of her way to look great. So that's when the opportunity presents itself to say how lovely she looks today. Well, I would also say that if you're already on a date with her, if you're the guy she's going out on the date with later and you're finally out on that date at said time and you tell her she looks great or she looks better than her pictures or, you know, if it's your second or third or 50th date, well, then by all means, tell her she looks great. Everybody needs to hear that. That's just actually common courtesy at that point. Or let's say at a grocery store, she's, you know, grabbing a few things for a party. And she, of course, is dressed for one. You can even mention that. You look really fantastic. You must be going someplace really great this evening. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're advocating that men walk up to women at grocery stores and tell them they look great. Well, yes, it's that movie moment. Yeah, but you're still objectifying her based on her looks as a first impression. I think most dating advice would go against that. Well, I disagree because this isn't that she's ordinary or she's just, you know, one out of 100 people that you've written to and say, oh, you look beautiful. This is, we're talking about something special, something extraordinary. And she's gone out of the way. She spent three hours getting dressed. It feels good to be To go to the grocery store and buy, you know, well, tomatoes no, she's, and she's picking bread, up maybe, loaf of bread? No, she may be picking up a bottle of wine to take to the party, her friend's birthday party. I don't know. I think that would take a lot of moxie for a guy to pull a Steve Martin, My Blue Heaven, and just walk up to a woman and go, you could melt all this stuff, you know, and have it actually work for him. <laughs> I think that's a long shot. I'm just giving an analogy, something that is extreme so it's more noticeable. What I'm saying is something is worthy of a compliment that's when you can compliment. Something bold that stands out. Yes. Something that will make her feel good, but nothing that is directly 
overt that makes her feel as if she's sexualized. And the hotter she is, the better she'll take that or the more she'll roll her eyes going, okay, that's the hundredth time I've heard that. Well, it depends on the woman. Well, listen, back when I was in college, I remember specifically, I dated a woman who, let's just say, she was not safe for work with her body type. She had all the right pieces in all the right places. And I actually liked her personality and we got along great. So it was almost, I dare say by accident that she was so sexy because I guess I did it the right way, you know. But I remember we would go places and creepy old guys would go, you look nice. You look good. You know, (laughs) and she would just go, thank you and keep walking. I mean, at least she was gracious enough not to get all angry and upset. But if you knew her, she wasn't offended by much. So, but it happened all the time and those guys were going to get nowhere with her because immediately she had higher social status than any of the guys that were chasing after her by objectifying her based on her looks and throwing compliments at her. She already had the social upper hand and that's just not attractive. Right. I would agree with that. Plus, you know, again, there's nothing for her to base the situation on other than she's been objectified as just strictly a body. Well, okay. So... The missing piece to your recommendation a couple minutes ago where you were advocating guys go up to a woman in the grocery store when she's really looking special and tell her how special she looks is that guy has to have built some charisma. He has to have some confidence. He has to believe that by expressing that compliments, he's expecting to be respected for it in return. True. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'd go with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I would also say it has a lot to do with motive. You know, we can, you know, if a guy's looking at us and he just wants to ravish us, which is nothing wrong with that because we want that to happen. Not as a first impression. No. Hang on. I didn't finish my sentence. Okay. We would like that to happen with the right guy when the moment is perfect for that, but not when we don't know each other. And again, it goes back to security and safety and feeling that we are going to mean more than that. Which isn't going to happen in the frozen food section. I would hope not. He's just grabbing a bag of peas and carrots, and he's trying to grab a piece. Well, That's how, not going to work. How great could the woman be if she's attracted to that? Well, exactly. Okay, so let's move on from that. I think we've covered that one. Emily, I'm going to throw down a theory, okay? I believe there are two kinds of beautiful women. Those who rely on their looks, right? Yes. I'm beautiful. I can act however I want, treat people however I want, uh, be, you know, a mean girl, whatever. Worship me. Right. And men will still worship me and give me whatever I want because it just doesn't matter because I'm so hot. But it works. Oh, hold on. Then there's another (laughs) kind of woman who sees the bigger picture and goes, you know, I can make more of myself. Obviously, this is a loaded analogy. Mm. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, I do. I can make more of myself in life if I take my beauty, my physical attractiveness and stride and add to it character and having a sweet, kind heart, doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. And maybe this woman says with a degree of wisdom, my life will end up better that way. And yes, my relationships with the right kind of men will end up better anyway. Because see, I would suppose, and this is an educated supposition, (laughs) after all the years we've been at this, that women who rely on their looks tend to be disappointed by the men they attract and the quality of the relationships that ensue. Well, that's because people without character will always attract somebody without character. They can't attract a great, awesome, wonderful guy because he has too much confidence and too much self-respect. And then those same women start 
disrespecting men. They start being, then those same women start disliking men. They're the ones who come to us saying, oh, all men are jerks and they only want one thing. Can you find me a good husband? Well, no. You know, I've said this so many times, right, on these podcasts, because she doesn't like men. She's angry at men, but all she's ever done is put out there that she looks good and that she is indeed a piece of ass. You know, she isn't offering anything else because she's either been too lazy or too arrogant to offer anything else. And then she gets exactly what she asked for. She reaps what she sows. Well, she's getting what she advertised for. And, you know, this is not gender specific. Before y'all start sending me hate mail, <laughs> I got all these rich guys who pose next to their boats and talk about dollar signs. Corvettes. Right. Corvettes. It's always a Corvette or a Porsche 911. I did go out with a guy with a Corvette once. Yeah. Once. Once. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, I tried. I was a guy with a Corvette for two hours. Really? You never told me this. I traded cars with a buddy of mine for an afternoon one time. Oh, okay. He had a Corvette. It squeaked. It made too much noise. The fiberglass body just like, ar, ar. it drives me nuts. You well, know me. you have to stop at every bump. Oh, yeah. They're really, really harsh. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. So anyway, it's like the guy who leads with money and then is upset that he attracts only gold diggers. And we keep telling those guys, you know, you're a lot like a beautiful woman who is sick of being objectified by her looks. You're like that hot chick, except you're a rich guy. So don't be surprised when the only thing women want from you is the money because that's all you're saying you basically have to offer. It becomes very transactional. It becomes rich guy, hot chick, literally tit for tat, right? Well, that's a low-quality relationship. It is. It is. And, you know, that's why I brought this up because I, I just think even if someone is physically attractive, if they don't learn at a young age they would be better off being the whole package, they will eventually learn that lesson. If it's through being kicked around, uh, too many very disappointing, hurtful breakups, or even a harsh divorce, they will ultimately figure that out. Or they'll just end up giving up, which is really sad because relationships can be amazing when they're right. It is. It is. Now, here's another thing that men often think is true when it comes to how women who are very attractive conduct their dating lives. A lot of men think that beautiful women are going around looking for reasons to reject men, as if it's fun. Oh, like, no. We're looking for every reason to want you to be Mr. Right. And yet guys keep screwing up. Well, here's here's something you guys might not realize. We are looking at, let's say, online profiles is a good example. We're looking and we're trying to find any excuse to make you Mr. Right. Even if you're incredibly devastatingly hot. Yes, it doesn't matter. We want you to be the guy. We're rooting for you. We want you to be the guy. We're trying to find the guy of our dreams. And a lot of guys mess that up. Yeah. Especially when they're really, really nervous because she's so hot. And you have no idea how disappointing it is when we're looking at the profile. I'm like, this could be the guy. We find that, you know, things go wrong. We're like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Well, a lot of guys also think that women really get off on putting guys in the just be friend zone. And here's the funny part. We dread it. Oh, yeah. It's no fun. Right. And this goes back to who has all the power in the dating world. Right. When you think one gender has all the power, then you think only one gender gives all the just be friends talks and the other gender is the recipient thereof. But I've coached enough guys by now, Emily, and you've coached enough women. Oh, yeah. Who turn the tables on that and start feeling like they have choices. Therefore, they have some power. And then they have to start putting people in the just be friend zone. 
because they have to move on from them. And they realize this is painful. It's not very nice. It isn't any fun. Mm, Absolutely not. The thing I dread it most is having to have that talk of, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, this isn't a good fit. I'm not, I'm just not your girl. And, you know, we had to fear whether the guy was going to go, you know, I always feared whether it would go well or not. I had one guy go, I don't need another friend. I got plenty of those. Well, yeah, because it's all a big euphemism. You're not attracted. This didn't work out very well, yet you need an escape hatch. And that's an easy one that allegedly will make everybody feel better. Well, that's because we don't want to crush anybody. We're actually wanting it to go well. And, you know, perhaps coincidentally, only women who have objectified themselves based on looks and have said, okay, my looks are enough, would be the ones who are cold-hearted or even flat-out mean enough to really get off on putting guys in the just-be-friend zone and or flat-out rejecting them. And I just think that's a very, very small minority of women. Even women who really do rely on their looks a lot probably don't stoop that low morally. Now, if you were on, let's say, for example, on a really rare situation where a girl would do that, which is rare, I mean, like really rare, you would have dodged a bullet. Yeah, it's not you, it's her. Oh, she'd be awful. Can you imagine being married to somebody like that? (laughs) What life would be? You know, it would be miserable. She'll probably marry a rich guy who all he has is money. She's a gold digger and he objectifies her. Right. Right, exactly. You know, kind of on the same note, here's something else that I hear a lot from guys that's quite similar, is that, hey, women can decide, hot chicks, very hot, sexy women, can decide who they're going to get laid by on any given night. And men have to beg and plead and go for months without hoping that a woman will choose them. But see, all the guys who complain about that are thinking like men, aren't they, Emily? Well, that's because they're men. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying more specifically, I'm (laughs) going to let you elaborate on this, (laughs) is that men are trying to get laid, so they assume women are trying to get laid too. But sex and the opportunity to have as much of it as they can handle is really demystified for most pretty girls, oh my goodness, in junior high, as soon as they hit puberty. They're hit with sexual opportunity by horny guys all the time. So the idea of simply having sex, you know, loses its novelty very quickly for a pretty girl. On the other hand, a lot of guys, because they're the ones who are expected to approach women and make the first move, a lot of guys, when they just don't have the courage or don't have the know-how or the skill, they go without for a long time. So they see the idea of having sex as too good to be true. Whereas for women, it's almost like they're fending off all these horny guys trying to have sex with them. So there really isn't a quote-unquote quest to be laid there on the part of women for the most part, right? Right. Rather, it's a quest to find a guy who doesn't just want to get laid and, again, wants to see her as a more holistically valuable human. And the sexier a woman is, the harder that is for her to find. Well, I know. We want the whole package, you know? Yes, we're sexual beings. Yes, we're hot and horny. And we would love to have sex, but it was with the right guy at the right time. And we want the whole package. So we want a guy to want to ravish us, to be into us. But not that that's the only thing we have to offer. We want the guy to actually want us as a human being, to talk to us, to to care about us, and to want to know what we like and not like, and see us on a deeper level, more than just friends. Yeah, exactly. And I think when we're honest with ourselves... 
once guys start being sexually satisfied, when the drought is over, we start looking for women who we connect with better too. We want someone we really like and who's really happy to be here and wants us for more than simply being a prostitute sexually. I mean, it's just kind of cold. And the more guys get the success they're looking for, listen up, guys, the more you get the success you're looking for, the more you're going to see the reality of how men and women are actually similar in that respect. And you're also going to wake up to the fact that women really are horny and want to get laid. But all the societal reasons that we've covered in other podcasts, such as women feeling slut-shamed in this culture, whereas men feel like heroes when they have sex, all that sort of thing enters into it too, right, Emily? Right, exactly. Plus, I know that in this day and age, things are completely changed in many ways. That A lot of women are out there, do take on the masculine role, and are very forward, and they want sex, and they have no interest in a relationship. You know, there are exceptions to the rule. But by and large, we are still women most of us, and we're still looking for a connection. Even men are looking for a connection. And then there are the angry women who are fed up with men who kind of use their attractiveness as a weapon. Have you ever noticed that? Like, for example, a woman will decide that she's really angry at men and she's fed up with them. So every time a guy even legitimately is trying to be nice to her or do right by her, she accuses him in a way such as, oh, you're just trying to date me or you just want to get in my pants. I mean, I've been on dates with women like that where I was just trying to get to know her, be a decent guy, and she got all spooled up and basically threw her fork in her plate and left because of how she'd been treated by a bunch of other guys. So she had her guard up. I think that happens with a lot of really pretty women. They can sort of get jaded like that, right? Right. And if a woman's that broken, you know, hopefully she'd be able to find a way to get past it and realize that not all guys are like that. But if you're a guy and you encounter a woman like that, just know that At least you found out sooner rather than later when you're caught up in a relationship and in love and later find yourself brokenhearted. So you kind of dodged a bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the other hand, Emily, there are these allegedly mythical unicorns known as women who don't realize they're beautiful. What's up with them? Well, it could be a lot of things. Either being very humble and they were raised to think that they're average or I don't know, lots of stuff. Okay, well, let me offer an example here. How about the difference between a little girl who was raised to be like Honey Boo Boo, right? Or Jean Benet Ramsey, you know, a childhood beauty queen who's told she's gorgeous and beautiful her whole life, versus, say, the girl who grew up kind of a late bloomer. Well, I grew up in high school and elementary school and I guess all my (laughs) school years. That sounds backwards. I know. (laughs) Elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) I I spent most of my school years from the beginning to the end. You really are a late bloomer if you grew up from high school Uh, to elementary school. I started with high school first, but then I realized it been all my school years. I was always told I was the ugly duckling. I was always made fun of. So when I was an adult, it was hard to let someone say I was pretty. Well, I didn't meet you till you were 34. Right. And I saw the pictures of you when you were in your early 20s and you were adorable. You're beautiful. But you always tell me these stories about how you were the kind of woman who, say, would show up for her 10th high school reunion and everybody's jaw would hit the floor and their eyes would get big as saucers and go, you're Emily? You? You know, you always claim to be that kind of woman. Nobody can hear that. (laughs) She made a facial expression that was kind of like, yeah, you know what, Mimoto, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> something like well i mean i don't know is uh, you you're told one thing growing up that you're not beautiful and when you're growing up you're all grown up you know things either changed or you know you find out you've been lied to one or the other well my point is nobody denies you're a very beautiful woman and very sexy you are one of those women who doesn't realize how beautiful she is because you weren't socialized that that was the case. Right. It just sort of happened for you later. That's right. That's sure. a good thing. Yeah, I guess so. It worked you, out. You don't get spoiled. It's almost like being a self-made wealthy person. You don't grow up a spoiled brat. You understand the value of a dollar. Yes, I understand the value of being pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's like being a self-made sexy woman. There you go. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe that should be the mic drop here. I grew up and blossomed. Yeah. I have one more thing, though, I want to mention before we close this podcast. I talk about the idea of charm throttling, and this goes over so many people's heads. But you've given me example after example of how you were not the kind of woman who had to go out with a guy for two years and beg him to marry you. It took like two or three dates, and then they would want to marry you, including flights from, you know, San Antonio to Florida, two hours between wheels up and wheels down, and the rando beside you is already asking you to marry him. Charm throttling is, I don't want to use the phrase dumbing oneself down, but it is shielding people you're on a first date with, or who you're just meeting, or who you're trying not to be attracted to, or have them be attracted to you, kind of shielding them from the shock and awe of just how sexy and hot and charming you know how to be. And this is something a lot of really pretty, sexy women know how to do. Like, for example, any guy who's ever been to a Hooters or a Twin Peaks can see the same waitress be all cute and flirty with a group of guys, and then act like what I call Sergeant Waitress with another group of guys who she's trying to keep at arm's length. So this charm throttling thing is reality, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. And with a guy who are not interested in, Oh, man, we kind of go out of our way to do everything we can to keep him from becoming interested in us. But that doesn't make you mean. That makes you reasonable. That makes you a good relationship manager. Right. Well, we're not trying to break hearts. And so we're trying not to get the guy to fall in love with us because, well, then we'd have that awkward conversation of we'd have to put you in the just be friend zone. Which, drum roll, isn't any fun, right? That's right. Yeah, there we go. Now we've fully brought it back full circle. And I will say, in that vein, that's yet another thing guys realize once they start getting more popular with women, start attracting higher quality women, that they too need to do some charm throttling sometimes. Oh, yes. I mean, when the right guy actually has it all together, got to be very careful. Yeah, you and I basically were like, no charm throttling on our first date. <laughs> No need. <laughs> and look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I think we've covered this one. Gentlemen, if you want more, please go to mountaintoppodcast.com where you can download my free book for you. It's free nowadays. It was my first book, Deserve What You Want. It goes for $37 in the company store all day long, but you can get a copy of it free when you go to mountaintoppodcast.com. And ladies, when you go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast, you can sign up for our newsletter and get a free copy of Sticking Points Solved and also get on Emily's email list. And uh, she sends you an email twice a week that is fluff free 
and full of good ways to be well, a better woman and be more attractive to the kind of guys you really want to be attracted to. And of course, guys, when you get on my mailing list, you get the men's version of that. Every day, I'll send you real actionable tips on how to be a better man and get better women in your life. And regardless of whether you're a man or a woman and whether you're going to mountaintoppodcast.com or scottandemily.com front slash podcast, you can get on our calendar to talk to either Emily or I for 25 minutes about how the rest of 2023 is going to be for you in terms of the kind of person you're inviting into your life and the kind of relationship you're going to have with them. Uh, we love talking to you. Absolutely. We'd love to have you find the right relationship that you've been dreaming of all your life. And we would love to help be part of that solution for you. All of that is there for you if you go to mountaintoppodcast.com, guys, or ladies to scottandemily.com front slash podcast. And until we talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisper, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.